Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We're excited to be part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We joined the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network uh, because we're on the same page. We want to serve the church in her mission of making disciples by providing and promoting podcasts that help grow believers and the local church. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And it's beginning to look a little bit like Christmas. A lot like Christmas, I that's would say. It. This, is that snow on your on your head? No, sorry, that's just a bit of grey hair. Oh, cheap shot. You with your fancy new haircut. Now, I hair. am looking forward to Christmas. Are you looking forward to Christmas, Derek? Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for turkey. Really? Really? What is it you like so much about turkey? <laughs> well, we won't talk about that because we have got to get into today's episode. Today's episode of The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and you've pressed play on episode 36, Christianity Courses. So, evangelistic courses should be the heart of our plans to mobilise our church uh, on mission. They uh, they aren't just there to uh, to kind of do more things. Uh, they aren't the only things that we run, uh, but we have to plan for them. We have to talk about them. We have to advertise and have to help people invite their friends, create a context where people can talk about Jesus and understand the gospel and ask their questions, uh, the difficult questions. Uh, we need to think about how we, we train people up to run it, how we lead it, uh, what we do follow up afterwards. Uh, it's easy to run them. It's not easy to run them well. So, well, I, yeah, you don't think so? What I, is it? I easy think, to run them? I think there's not a lot. Of, there's a lot of churches that aren't even running them. So clearly, it's 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 hard even just to run them. Well, who should we get in to talk about this, Scott? We need to get in Toby Neal. Okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> talk us a little bit about Toby. Hi, Toby. Hello. Oh, mate. <laughs> today, today we do have Toby Neal, church planner, pastor in Surrey Hills at Vine Church. Uh, they've learnt lots over the last seven years. Yeah, running, that's right. running and, and starting new courses. Toby, it's great to have you on uh, The One Thing. It's great to be here. All righty, so I want to start with a, uh, a story. This is what it's all about. This is the end point we're thinking about as we think about how it is that we move someone who doesn't know Jesus to knowing. Can you just tell us a story, paint a picture of things that um, advantage one exciting moment you've had? Well, yeah, last year was one of the most exciting things. We usually have predominantly more women exploring than men, um, but last year we had five men uh men only course it wasn't because we excluded women but we had these five guys come and explore and each they all had very similar stories so they're all atheists but with roman catholic background they were all except for one divorced in their early late um 20s early 30s and so they all kind of gelled together and all of them um put their trust in jesus they finished the course they went on to the follow-up course they're now um, involved in the life of the church, serving in community groups, having a lot of fun. One of those guys, um, you know, started this year, he said to me, Toby, how do I know I've crossed the line? Hmm. And I said, well, is Jesus your saviour? Is he the only means by which your sins might be forgiven? He's like, yep, I trust him. And then I go, um, well, is he your Lord? Are you willing to do anything he tells you? And he said, uh, <laughs> and we've been talking about a particular moral issue in his life, and he's like, not yet. And then two weeks later at church, he said, yep, I'm in. I've cut that thing off. I'm good. And uh, so that was a great moment. That's amazing. Now, it's not always like that, though. Like, that's a five for five. Can you actually paint 
a truer picture? You know, when hasn't it gone as great? <laughs> well, that's a true picture. And that's true. exciting, man. I think yeah. we often hear the opposite side of the story, though. <laughs> no, I mean, we we usually have a pretty high strike rate with our course. So, you know, so one of the guys, he's not... One of the guys isn't involved in life of the church. He works Sundays. I, I'm hoping he's going to community group. Um, he should be, but I'm not sure. He's got a girlfriend that lives out west, so he's just not connected to the life mm-hmm. of our church. Where all those four other guys very much did connect. So, I think that's usually our strike rate four out of five. Mm-hmm. It depends on how well we do follow up. Mm-hmm. So, so I think everyone finishes Christian Explore when they do it with me, and ninety percent are keen to go on and do something else. Mm. And then depending who runs that follow-up, how good that is, how committed that group of people are in the follow-up and how long that, how long the leader commits to, well, I think really impacts whether people genuinely get converted and established in the church. And we, one of the mistakes we made was not giving enough time and effort to the follow-up. And so we had people make professions of faith and be really excited, but then they rebound out because there wasn't the care. So people might needed. be listening to this thinking, that's it's okay for you, Toby. You're a church of 250. You're in yeah. the city. There's always people coming in, coming out. Yeah. What about when you were small? What about when uh, Vine Church met in the community center? What about the, when there was only sort of 50 people meeting up? Yeah, so when we started, we we didn't we, we, we kind of had this missional community view of evangelism. That is that our small groups were the primary place of mission and evangelism and that if uh, non-Christians wanted to explore Jesus, they'd do that best in the context of a group of Christians that love one another, uh, sharing their lives uh, with each other and uh, studying the Bible together. But... We just, you know, I was running one of these and I was inviting non-Christians to that and we, I just saw no one genuinely converted. It was hard work. It had um, it had impact the way you ran the study for the group, for the Christians, and they kept saying, Toby, we're not growing because you dummy it down too much for the non-Christians and the non-Christians weren't really understanding because... So then we, um, then we had a guy, a South African guy, who moved to Australia and he was interested to explore and so I did one-to-one with him Christian Explored and you know we got through it he was interested but it it never really clicked for him Um, and after that we just bit the bullet and we said we're going to start running the course for a group of people and I still remember that first one we had no one signed up two days prior to it and um, I was scrambling to try and get anyone there and then on the first week we did have five explorers on that first night, and um, and then since then we've just been running. So that was when we were smaller, and pretty much we've had that same number ever since. Um, we used to have a guy on MTS who was very good at gathering people, and we, we had one where we had like oh, 15 explorers that time, but we've kind of settled down now to about still kind of just five. Every time we run the course, we have five people, and we try and run it four times a year. I think the what? missional communities one is an interesting one because you know, years ago, and I remember being there and reading the books around and think, this is fantastic, this is exactly what we need, this is what's missing, it's the missing piece, and then implementing and seeing exactly what you've just described there, that 
the the feeling that I had inside of how it would turn out didn't translate into what my end goals were. Yeah, I think I think in event you've got to drench them in the gospel and um, and in the basics of not just reading the Bible anywhere. I mean, someone can become a Christian reading anything in the Bible, but for for me, where I've seen people become Christians most is when you're in the gospel, reading it consecutively over a number of weeks and hitting. Um, sin, grace, cross, resurrection, those themes. Mm. Um, and that's what Christianity Explored does. So, mm. yeah. Well, uh, we are going to open up the toolbox now. So my top three must-have resources for evangelistic courses are these. You, you first of all want to check out the Mobilizing for Mission course. So Toby's already you know, touched on the need to have follow-up and, and to have a process. The Church in a Box online training is excellent, so jump into that Mobilizing for Mission course. Second thing is just the life course on Church in a Box Marketplace. There are a number of courses, and, and what I would encourage you to do is to, to try, try heaps. Uh, check, check out a number and see what actually works. Uh, in your context, uh, but a lot of our church plants have used the life course, so check that one out. Uh, the final one is the Alpha course. Uh, the Alpha course has some great resources um, in the back end on actually how to run an evangelistic course as an event. They help you think through the team members that you're going to need, uh, they help you think through it as an event, uh, and so that would be the place that I'd go if you're struggling as a church just to think into the whole process of running it as an event. Uh, so jump on the Alpha website. They've got some great resources there. Uh, today's episode of The Toolbox and The One Thing have been brought to you in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible Podcast. Uh, what does it mean for God's Word to be effective? Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible have partnered together to answer this very question in the new Living and Effective Podcast. Season 1, uh, join the host Richard Clark as he looks for the hidden history of the Bible, rest, wrestles through tough questions, explores what the future holds for the church, uh, listen and subscribe to Living and Effective wherever you get your podcast. Living and Effective was created in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation that is accurate to the original languages, readable for all levels, and meant to be shared with others. So what do you use, Debbie? We use Christianity Explored, but I'll, I'll put in a vote for the Alpha stuff. You know, they're, they, they've thought through... The, the group setting and how you host one of these very well. We've we've looked at that and used some of that in our training. Mm. We want to go back to that in a second, but w- what have you settled? You've settled upon... Yeah, Christianity Explored. Yeah, okay. Um, but as you said as well, it's not just about the material. Like, you've got to be wise in how you choose material for your context. And well, yeah, we chose Christianity Explored because um, I think the best way to gospel people is by opening a gospel with them. It goes through Mark's gospel over seven weeks. I challenge people as an adult, make an informed decision about who Jesus is. Best way to do that is to read the earliest biography of Jesus. And they all they all read through Mark's gospel. Um, they come, discuss it. It's really helpful. Rico's an excellent presenter. The videos are good quality. They're starting to date a little bit, but the 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 structure, of course, is just excellent. I mean, we amend it. I, I've changed lots and lots of the questions in the booklets. You've got to make it your own, and um, we add things here and there, but the videos are excellent. So and it works well for a sceptical inner city yeah, but it does start, I mean, it does. And so at the start, we use a little bit of um, John Dixon's Life of Jesus just to establish the historical, um, uh, uh, the, the strength of the historical evidence for, for who Jesus. Jesus is. So we start there and then we say, okay, well, 
challenge. You look, let's look at the bio, the earliest bio. You know, you, you may not believe it, but at least make an informed decision. And so th- from that point on, um, you go in. You kind of got to leave. Um, uh, not you don't leave your skepticism at that point, but you you immerse yourself into the life of Jesus, and you just start, and people start engaging with who he is. Mm. And so you've left behind all of those apologetic. They pop up, but people are confronted with Jesus, and their questions are then about Jesus. And that's why we love um, event, uh, Christian Explored. Now, now, how do you present it? I'm assuming it's an inner city church, so you've got to have fairy lights in the room somewhere. <laughs> uh, there needs to be beards, obviously, by at least some of the presenters. I, I heard you, you use video. So tell us, what does it actually look like to set up the sort of space for the... You know, yeah, so we're in a, our church boardroom. Uh, we've got plants in there. <laughs> you know, we, it's not actually a very nice room. Like, we've used other way better rooms, but this is what we're stuck with. So aesthetics are really important. You've got to make them feel comfortable and that it's a place that they would want to return to. We, um, you know, if we're more organised, we'd engage more of the church to cook for it, but we just order takeaway every week, Thai, um, Japanese, pizza, Indian, whatever it is, and it's free. Um, and that's easy. So when you don't have a big team, I just it's in the church budget. We're investing in mission, mm-hmm. and part of that's the dinner cost every week and then dessert. We start with a meal. Then we um, do the first part of the study in the Christian Explored material. Um, then we break for tea, coffee, dessert, and then we come back, watch the video, and then a little discussion at the end of that. Um, sitting around a table, kind of the ideal number of people in the rooms, kind of 10, so you know, five or six, seven explorers. Maybe sometimes they bring along a, a, uh, their f- Christian friend who's dragging them, and then um, three table leaders and uh, what we've learned there is one person should be responsible for doing all the teaching and any other christian on the table needs to be quiet they, they need to do no teaching they should be asking questions but never answering questions or as the course progresses later on they ought to be sharing how they became christian but we found that if you have too many christians defending the gospel then all the non-christians feel ganged up on and it's better for non-christians to be in a room with people who are willing to question everything and then there's one poor dude (laughs) that you know is trying to defend but the balance it's it's a way better balance and we've had it when we've had aggressive christians on the table who just get defensive and try and answer every question and it doesn't leave the group enough space to explore. Mm. So I presume you've had conversations with uh, Christians about that, you know, in the debrief yeah. afterwards, and, and talk us through one of those. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, so there was this one girl that used to do it with us, and she is just so funny. She's so <laughs> She's such a big personality. And she is a wonderful person in the group because she just connects people, makes people laugh. But then she's also very she, – she wears her Christianity on her sleeve. And so anytime anyone would criticize or just raise a question, she'd take it very personally and try and defend it. And um, – and yeah, I just had to say you, you got to be quiet. You don't, you know, raise questions, but you don't defend it. You don't need to defend it. Trust the process. So yeah. so, some people are going to be better in that context as well, aren't they? Well, so. yeah. So we got another guy who's actually very good. The course I've just done, very capable. I would l- happily let him run the course next time. 
But, and so he often is jumping in with answers and, you know, it's hard to tell him, be quiet, you do, you're not needed. Mm. Um, we don't need two people doing that. And it, because it sways the dynamic of the group. And mm. so for him, it's very hard to stay quiet. But his role after in getting alongside, you know, people when the night finishes and just doing the one to, he's excellent there and he needs to start teaching in that moment. But when the group's actually talking, really one person should be doing the mm. talking. Hey, you're seven years in and you're still leading the course. We're all about actually developing and raising up other leaders. Yeah. How, why is it hard to hand this, this over to other people? I think uh, I think the teaching, the, the, the table leader, the discussion leader, I, I think you've got to be, I think you can do it another way. I think you could have a lower skilled discussion leader and it'll still work. But the way I've seen it work best is, is that, is with a gifted evangelist doing the table leading. And that's who I am. And that's why I think we do see um, lots of people become Christians through it. And um, so I do, I th- I found it very hard to raise up someone to take that role, but I don't do any of the event organization. I don't do the communication throughout the week. I don't do the individual follow-up. And I think that's where I'm trying to build more of a team. Mm. It'd be awesome that every explorer would have someone meeting with them regularly one-to-one to to say, how are you going? What are you learning? What questions do you have? Very quickly, what do you do for follow-up after they finish their course? We really struggle in this space. We want to do the same format as what Christianity Explored is, which is dinner, video, and discussion around the Bible. And just we haven't found good products. We've used a, a variety of different products. I won't bag them out. Um, on this podcast, but we, we've really struggled. So we, we try and find a video with a Bible study uh, connected to it, and we've just struggled. Mm. So we've tried we, we've tried a lot. We're going to try something new next time. We haven't found the right product. But, I mean, you just got to do something, yeah. and you just got to teach them this is what the Christian life looks like mm. and keep going back to the gospel as well. I thought you were going to bag them out, but uh, that comes to the end of our show and we need to get the one thing. So what's the one thing on Christianity courses? You're asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're the expert. (laughs) The one thing. Uh, I think you just got to start early, lock it in. If you have no one signed up uh, the week of, doesn't matter, you, you arrive at the place you've advertised and if no one rocks up, you pray. I think the hardest part is starting and um, and starting when you're not sure whether anyone... So you just lock it in and then lock it in regularly. Every single term you do it. Keep t- telling the stories about people becoming Christians to the church. They will grow in confidence as they see people converted through it. Do something regularly. Yeah. If you like what you heard today, we'd appreciate if you take a moment just to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Like, I love turkeys at Christmas too. That's a great comment. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Another episode of The One Thing. Thanks, Toby, for coming in, mate. My pleasure. Uh, Coming up in our next episode as we warm up for Christmas, Christmas Eve. We've we've got got a question question from Dave Kuhn on how to build a healthy church culture. Yes. Excellent. I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Every pastor 
needs to be thinking about disciple making and discipleship in their local church. Can I encourage you to listen to Making Disciples? It's another podcast in the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network and co-hosts Robbie Galatay and Chris Swain will help you think into discipleship in your local church. So if you're a pastor or a leader, every episode you're going to hear insights into various elements of discipleship and practical tips that you can implement in your own context.